0: So, Bruto, do you know what a cuckold fetish is? I do. What is it? In general, normally a male in a relationship with a female gets sexual pleasure from either imagining or seeing the uh, female with other males. His partner. His partner, yeah, with other males. So a husband husband wants his wife to have
1: sex with another man.
0: Right. While uh, he watches. As an example. And in many cases, humiliation or... or yeah demeaning things are also part of it like a little bit of masochism yeah. can be part of it
1: so he wants his wife to make fun of him like if you were a more of a man i wouldn't have to have sex with this stud instead of
0: you <laughs> right yeah and any range of things probably yeah. do you have this fetish i like the idea the quick background on this is like when when i was younger when like i was in my early 20s i was a very jealous person and It didn't start that way. Like when I was a teenager, I was not like that. But right around like when I was like 19, 20, like I had a relationship and it was like I was really jealous and I didn't realize it at the time. But looking back on it, it was really bizarre. Like pathologically jealous. I mean, yeah, I would do stuff like I was, I would look for, I would look for problems like, who's that? You know, like, did you talk to that guy? Oh, I bet you, I bet you think he's cute, or things like that. Or like, I remember this one. So I had this girlfriend, and she was in a dorm. And across from her dorm room, uh, the the girls on the on the dorm room across for the hall, they had a picture on their door, and the picture was of like a uh, a playgirl pinup guy. Right, and they had a little uh, full frontal. Yeah, but they had put a little full a little flap of paper on top of the the member so that it wouldn't be quite in display in the hallway. But people could walk by and lift the flap if they wanted. And I remember getting like upset. Like, did you lift the flap? Did you lift the flap? It's like you can't handle the truth. Like, did you order the the code flap? You were actually like angry. I remember being angry. I mean, obviously it's years and years, but I remember this feeling of like oh oh like if you lifted that flap you know um, that's so bizarre i cannot see you being that way i know right but it's like at the time it was a mix of uh you know part of what what happened is um this is very interesting that like i think i inherited things from my dad either genetically or through watching at a very young age he definitely said things to growing up or like now in retrospect, I'm like, I think he's kind of a misogynist in some ways, you know, Mm. but anyways, long story short is that I had that plus that the girlfriend at the time, the the biggest irony of it all is like, she was like the last, the type of person she was, the last type of person on earth that's the kind to like cheat. And yet I had gone out with, with girlfriends before that who actually had cheated and I never felt this way. So I don't know if it was like projection or resentment. I don't know what it was, but it was like the the most bizarre mix of things. Like with the one person, I, I didn't really need to be worried about these kind of things. I was super worried, and with other people that I I had never really cared. Like they actually had cheated on me. Like at least one of them had, you know. And and so it's like I don't. I couldn't right explain it. And plus, I wasn't like very self aware at the time that I was that way. I just was that way. So now, fast forward and like through the years. There was many changes in my life and things. I started becoming less that way, less possessive, less jealous about stuff. And and eventually, I kind of swung the other way. I, I was like, what's the big deal with like, why do we think we can own someone and like, they can only think of me and... For all of eternity, they will only touch these set of molecules. And and it just became kind of comical to me to think that that's how we are, you know. And I'm not saying that, that it's it's not necessarily fake, that, that we are programmed this way in a, in a sense. But I, I found it more and more comical to think of it that way. So over time, I started thinking, yeah, what's the big deal? Uh, within some bounds. So I, I thought, well, if I'm in a relationship and we're at a party and she makes out with, with some dude – I mean, it's, unless afterwards she's like, Hey, I made out with a dude. Now I'm leaving you because his lips taste like sugar, lemon, honey. <laughs> this is your polyamorous leaning. Yeah, I guess so. Right. And then that evolved to, uh, one of the ways in which I am sometimes turned on is the, the, the thought of my partner having like, um, any number of types of encounters with other men or women actually too, you know, like sexual encounters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's the
1: transition that I don't get. The other, I can see you right. get, you're jealous, you're young, right. you're immature, you're misogynistic. You don't know any better. You're in, you don't, you don't know how to deal with things. Right. And then as you grow older, you grow wiser and you realize jealousy is stupid. Why be that way? And you learn how to emotionally regulate. And then you start thinking, you know what? Hey, what is monogamy? You know, right, how right, about right. people? But, There's a massive leap between that and now it turns me on to imagine my partner having sex
0: with other men and also men that you know. The men that I know bit, it's like that one is just like a little too predictable, right? Because like you you tend to fantasize about things that you have some awareness of rather than I, I mean, I suppose some people have fantasies with complete faceless strangers. Me in my life... Or a Most celebrity my- or something,
1: but but not people. I, I I'm not I, I yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is, mm-hmm. what do you think was that transition into? Because essentially, what we're saying is, correct me if I'm wrong. You get a sexual charge or a bigger boner from imagining a ver- various different fantasies, and one of which happens mm-hmm. to be imagining your. Uh, your partner, whomever you're with, to have
0: sex with another man. I, I think it also, it, it's it's not whomever I'm with. It depends. Like, if I'm with a partner that is more uh, the opposite of that. Kind of pr-
1: promiscuous?
0: Uh, yeah. Like, then then I, I don't really think, of, like, it's almost like it's an inverse relationship. The more the person is, like... Uh, think of it like uh, pure, or like not right. gonna do that kind of stuff. The more I think in my head, it turns me on to think that that they would. Why is that? Do you think? Uh, maybe it's the whole M- Madonna complex, or what? I mean, yeah. Like, why? Why do people have Madonna complexes? Um, I don't know. It, in my in my head, it's kind of like the 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 corruption aspect of it. Yeah. I've never actually. This all been fantasies for me, and and even in the fantasies, there's always like boundaries for me and the, the one big boundary for me is that i never actually want to feel which i think is a little different from maybe the more traditional cuckold thing, i never want to feel devalued or disrespected in any way like that's not a turn on for me right but what is is the sort of polyamorous aspect of like hey you go have fun especially when they're the least kind of person to do that in the first place. So it's this kind but, of complex thing in my head. But correct
1: me <laughs> if I'm wrong, you get pleasure from imagining your partner having pleasure with another man.
0: Yeah, in that context, yes.
1: Right. But you don't want her to turn around and humiliate you and devalue
0: you. Yeah. And I want to feel just as part of that that imagination or that if it were a reality, I suppose. Or like whatever. a threesome fantasy? I guess so, yeah. It's more complex if I think of actually ever going through with something like that, because in reality, what I would want is a lot, look, would look a lot more like, Hey, you were at a party. You made out with a dude for a while. Maybe a little touchy touchy. Cool. But I'm not sure I, I, the, the kind of extent of the fantasies I might have, I think is further than I might actually be comfortable in real life right <laughs> just like you know people might fantasize like "Ooh, I took her up and we did it in the in the elevator and if people were watching us through the windows but in reality maybe they don't go that far right <laughs> yeah there's a big difference between yeah. fantasy
1: and yeah. actually doing it and And I find that people that actually explore these things often find that the reality is way less sexy, if at all sexy, compared Mm -hmm. to the fantasy. But you – and just to operationalize this, if you don't mind, and we can cut any of this out if you want, (laughs) is that you will ask your partners, your peer partners, to describe to you Mm – how they would have sex with your friends or other people that you might know you're not just fantasizing about it in your mind, or do you ever just fantasize it in your mind?
0: Um, I think it's both by the way the the people that I know has been like a that's been that's happened, but it's not common I see like meaning the fantasy part so the fantasy like- so
1: you, you, you might have your partners describe to you situations with just a faceless person.
0: Uh, not faceless, but unknown. Like, I actually like we'll to hear, I like to hear, what ethnicity are they? How tall are they? Do what? you have a preference of ethnicity? Not really. I just like variety. <laughs> 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 like, actually, one of the things that turns me on is the thought that she would have variety. Ah. You know what I mean? She wants, she wants an Indian guy. It's a, a buffet. Black guy, we're an we're Asian guy. We're gonna try guy. it all. She's a Russian
1: dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, and women, too. Like, you don't, you don't mind if it's women. Right, they, they right, 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 right. That's right. Yeah, okay. Well, this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. <laughs> is I, it? <laughs> I am your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am chair of the Couple and Family Therapy Program at Antioch University, Seattle. And I am also a practicing psychotherapist. My name is Umberto Castaña. I repair swatches. The reason why we're talking about this is because a patron emailed in. I want to remind everyone that you should become a patron of the podcast. In fact... A Patreon. I think I'm going to make this a patron-exclusive episode. What do you say? What do you think about that?
0: This is spicy enough to be Patreon-exclusive. So, I declare this episode is just for patrons
1: of the podcast. So, if you're listening to this and you're not a patron of the podcast, this episode will end before the rest of the content begins. And believe me, we're really going to get into this stuff. If you want to hear the full episode, you have to become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. Patrons of the podcast get access to exclusive episodes like this one, along with other various benefits and swag. And know that 20% of your monthly pledge goes towards various charities that we support. Some of the swag, for instance, Umberto, is this Psychology (gasps) in
0: Seattle bug. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I want one of these. This is amazing. Yeah. It's got all these amazing pictures from us uh on the podcast, as well as little baby picture of Honda with, is that you with headphones? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so badass. The official mug for deserving listeners. How do I, do I have to be a deserving listener to get one of these? You have to be a
1: $20 a month Holy pledger. Holy crap. And this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, because it's actually quite expensive to make. I'm sure it is. uh, These are
0: high-quality photos.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and I like the size of the mug, too, and it's got a good handle.
0: Yeah, it's got a spiffy handle.
1: Yeah, and do you know where that one picture is from, the one of our backstreet? Yeah,
0: from Talk to the Girl.
1: Yeah, no. No? No, that's from New Year's Eve, like, 08 to Oh, at Ken's? No, at the Hotel W.
0: What? Okay, so we're reaching way back. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that night? Yeah, okay, I see why I'm in. Hey, I, I. This is obviously not the bathroom at my old house, but for right. a second I thought this was us getting ready in that, in that yeah, shoot. That's yeah. the hotel room. That's
1: funny. You see Lita there and Paulette.
0: Yeah, whoa. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. So become a patron, and if you want, become a $20 a month patron. You don't have to be a $20 a month patron. You, you can be a 5 Most
0: people are $5 a month. What I would like is I would like to watch as – They donate to other
1: podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome patrons of the podcast. We are now in the patron zone. Let's get into this email here. So patron writes in and wanted to be anonymous for a lot of reasons, right? Okay. What's up with this cuckold fetish? I don't really want my wife to have sex with another man. At least I think I don't. (laughs) But thoughts of it make me very sexually excited. Watching that type of porn where a man has sex with a wife, sometimes with the husband looking on, does the same thing to me. So, pausing the email here, does that turn you on? Do you like cuckold porn?
0: Not not really. Um, especially because, okay, so... And I, I did reading for in preparation for this, and I, I also watched a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff. Uh, both – some of them were kind of like technical about – and some of them were like channels about cuckolding and stuff. And, there are YouTube channels about cuckolding? Yeah, and there's these like – there's this huge scene. I got to tell you, it's kind of like – any one of those like polyamory islands or things. It's, it seems like a lot of effort and a lot of energy, you know, like yeah. these people really get into it. And then the other aspect is the whole humiliation thing seems to be a very big part of it for a lot of them. Uh-huh. And so like you'll have like what I would just describe as mean behavior from the, the wife and like really saying really mean things and stuff. And the other, the other part of it is I also. They call the wives "hot wives." Yeah, way. hot wives. Yeah. I, one thing I really didn't like. I got this vibe of there's a lot of racial components to this. It seems right, and that also turned me off. And so, right, I don't meaning that a lot of white dudes
1: are wanting their white wives, yeah. to have sex with a huge black guy.
0: Yeah, and and of course, like I I have no problems with race relations. Of course, what I'm what I mean is the that it, it invokes this kind of like slave type uh, history that's a little. Uh, and then they even refer to it in some of the videos I was watching. the the, the black guy describing it because he's like a purveyor of these services. He was like, "Yeah, back in the slave days, this is what would happen." While the master was banging all the the black women, the the you know some of the s- black slaves called bulls were doing the hot the the lady of the house, or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's not a pretty picture." And
1: so they would call them mendingos or bulls, apparently. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness in, in yeah. that. Um, okay, so going on with the email. It reliably makes an odd tingling occur in my testicles. I
0: think they wrote that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope they wrote And the next time I ejaculate, it's at least twice the volume and distance. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. Well, that goes along with, uh, I'm, you're probably going to cover it later, but some of the theories about why. Right. People but, but one thing I was going to point out about the porn itself is uh, because it, by the way, normally I I'm more I'm more into CFNM, which is cloth male, cloth female, cloth female, naked, naked male. male. I don't know why, like the whole female doctor or female masseuse or thing with the it, like. There's something about that that turns me on.
1: Is it usually like a professional woman?
0: Uh that definitely because that,
1: there's other situations where it would be like a stripper, a naked guy stripper in a uh, room full of.
0: I've, yeah those I've seen too, and those over time I'm like, ah I actually kind of like the the professional <laughs> angle right uh, I, that's
1: why I think some of the labels that get put to what we might call fetish porn, yeah. It's a little misleading, you know. Like, yeah. like sometimes it'll say like barely legal, right? right? And so what what you would think is, oh, this person has a fetish for children, right? But some people might have a fetish, might like that because they don't like big boobs, for instance. Sure. They yeah. they they don't want to have sex with yeah. children, yeah. right? But they also don't like big hips and big boobs. They That's just right. they like they like women that are shaped. You know that's right more petite or something yeah.
0: like it's like me I like elephant porn but not because I'm into bestiality it's just I love the color gray <laughs> okay no but so
1: Seattle must really turn you on <laughs> yeah
0: but so regarding the porn uh, the the um, the cuckold porn uh, what I'm interested in because he's saying like that actually turns them on like the, the parts the parts that I think might might turn on folks are that the woman's getting really into it you know, uh she's like, I've never been done like this. I never knew it could be so good. You know, these kind of things. Right. So I could kind of see how m- maybe that's part of what it does. But then there's that other aspect, which is like, you could never do this to me. You're so pathetic. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Right. So I that part's a little confusing why that's a right. turn on. <laughs> why would
1: that why would that be a turn on? And I think this is what this guy is asking. Yeah. So getting back to his email, he says it seems to go against evolutionary psychology which would predict that I would guard my mate against having another man's child. It also goes against every cultural norm I've ever known. And pausing right there, there are a lot of sexual fetishes that have to do with just that, going against the cultural norm. Ah. (laughs) Because I think we have a psychological mechanism that ties sexuality with going against the grain, like... I'm going to dress up in women's clothing and that turns me on. Right, because it's taboo. I'm going to do it in the girl's butthole because you're not supposed to, or a girl wants to be done in the butthole mm-hmm. because you're not supposed to, or I'm supposed to, I am supposed. I want to have sex with a black man because I'm not supposed to. There, There's a lot. I think, I think it goes back to the development of sexuality for each of us is when we're in a puritanical society like America and we become sexualized in our puberty times, <laughs> at the age of 12, 13, we are told by our society and our parents and by even our peers and it, literally everyone around us is telling us that every urge we have is bad and evil. <laughs> and so it, all of our emerging energy is is infused with this message that it's, right. it's wrong. There's something dirty. And so we get attracted to dirty things, right. you know? Anyway, so going on, It also, I've seen that this can go the direction of extreme emasculation humiliation of the husband, and that area does not appeal to me. So this guy is similar to you, Birdo. Some feminine dominance in terms of her exerting the independence to have sex with whomever she desires does seem appealing. This guy's very similar. Did did you write into the podcast, (laughs) Brito? But mostly what does it for me is imagining her meeting up with some hot young guy and making out and or having some sort of sex with him. Do you think there may be some deeper issues at play here or is this just an odd sexual fetish? Personal details that might help. I was moderately sexualized at an early age though not abused, just kids messing around. My wife and I are 40 and have been together for 20 years. We currently have lots of great sex, four to five times per week. It's pretty good for being together for 20 years, except during menstruation, or as some people say, menstruation, which always kind of bothers me.
0: (laughs) Menstruation.
1: Both of us orgasm pretty much every time. I have an average-sized penis, according to the penis map. I don't know what the penis (laughs) map is. The
0: penis map. Yeah. Can you make your way around... By using the penis map? Yeah. Is it like points in the right direction?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the idea that the other man has a larger penis certainly enhances the fantasy. Does that help you?
0: Huh. Well, um, like I said, for me, a lot of it is variety, which definitely includes shape and size variety. <laughs> Smaller, too? Is
1: that... Um,
0: I mean, I, I, not explicitly. It just... just it, again, it's more about like the experience variety, you yeah. know, because um, it's not o- it's also not only like vaginal sex or stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. so but I su- it sounds like you I get suppose
1: off, it sounds like you get off on, excuse the word, wanting your partner to be sluttified. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Like you don't care because you don't care if it's men or women. You, you just yeah. want you just want her to be slutty. Se-
0: I, sh- I should say sexified. Sexified. Yeah. Because sl- want- slutty has a negative connotation. I want her... I, to it,
1: have sexual, like, desire.
0: Like, w- go cra- sexually crazy for a bit. Like, she can't
1: control herself. Yeah. She wants it. Yeah! Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> as far as the size, I I, I suppose... No, I suppose I don't say, now pretend it's really small. Like I guess I don't do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't feel it. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's small. It. That one's probably not
1: part of the, <laughs> of the inventory. All right, going back to this email. We've yeah. talked about this fetish, and she's awesome. She does not want to do it for real, but she plays along through dirty talk and sexting. By the way, as you've touched upon in past podcasts, good communication about sex, fantasies, and what we like and don't like about each other's habits has been instrumental in securing our relationship into a very safe place. Many nights of bonding and sex, I think, were lost in our past for lack of sens- for lack of a sensitive sentence or two away. Things are totally different now. We talk for hours sometimes and have more satisfying sex. I am... Masculine and athletic, and she is very good looking she was a virgin when when we met. I had had sex with a handful of girls at that point, so th- this kind of plays into what you were talking about berto that the, he, he, he might he might see her as as a pure yeah pure person
0: interesting and I wonder if there's any uh, religious background in the mix yeah well most
1: people do yeah. so probably
0: oh and by the way, one thing uh the the texting or the, the sexting would be funny if he like and she keeps sending me these Very realistically photoshopped images of her with other men. They look more and more real every time. (laughs) All right, going on with his email.
1: Part of me argues that she deserves to have sexual experiences with other guys while she still looks great. But that voice also seems to come from the BS rationalization side that would gladly hide a self-serving underlying purpose. So in other words, he's saying in his mind... He's trying to rationalize this fetish by saying, you know, she should have sex while she still can with other people, but it doesn't really feel like that's actually, He feels like he's just justifying mm-hmm. by saying that. He goes on, I've read this, I've read that this interest can come from an unintuitive attraction towards destabilizing threats in an otherwise stable situation. <gasps> oh, a interesting. Kind of, a kind of novelty, I suppose.
0: Well, okay, maybe I'm, the, when, he, when you said that first part, what came to mind is like, uh it's very likely that in my, in my experience, for example, I might have an unhealthy attachment to chaotic aspects in relationships. Right. And if something feels stable, oh, that might be interesting. Hey, this person doesn't seem likely to, you know, my subconscious, this person doesn't seem likely to cheat on me. What's up with that? Like we, we seem to have a stable relationship. Right. That doesn't seem right. And then why not like spice things up by making it really dangerous? Right. Know? Yeah, that
1: makes sense to me on some level. I mean, at the onset, as we move into analyzing why this would occur, I I will just say sex is weird. I've said that before. I'm going to say it a lot more times. (laughs) Sex is weird. And whenever people try to explain these kinds of things, there are a billion reasons that people come up with, with literally no data. Right. (laughs) Other than people saying, yeah, that sounds about right, or I could see that. Sex is well i mean particular human sex animal sex i apparently probably is is less weird but it's kind of weird animal sex you know like decapitated heads yeah cats will <laughs> will bite the back neck yeah. of of while they're having sex and and yeah i mean sex sex is weird and Humans, given our large brains, and given that the brain is the most sensitive erogenous zone, right, Berto?
0: That's right.
1: We have an unbounded uh, capacity for weirdness.
0: Yeah, well, and
1: I don't. We, I don't mean weird in a pejorative way. I mean weird, like in a glorious way. We're gloriously weird sexual creatures, and it's very difficult to to lock this down in terms of actually analyzing it. Plus. The cuckold fetish is varied, and people come at it from various different reasons, from various different places. So, yeah, totally. Uh, but right, so it seems like there's a there is a common thread after reading a lot of different accounts of people coming from sexual abuse. Sometimes, people coming from being cheated on.
0: So, so the sexual abuse thing rings true for me, also from this angle. You know, I've talked about it before in the podcast. Uh, Luckily, I I wasn't severely abused for years and years, but I did suffer uh, when I was five. Some amount, I don't know how long it was because I don't remember exactly, but some period of time where my female babysitter, who was about 12 at the time, uh, uh, forced or convinced me to do things to her, right? And so I do have that. And it's interesting that in that situation, I'm this powerless little pre-sexual boy and she's like this, well, also young, but older, more powerful in that situation person. And I wonder if that plays something into the... into the Totally. You, you know. know, you internalize
1: this dyad of someone that has more sexual power making someone with less sexual power do something sexual. Mm-hmm. That's the template. And you, it, again, it, that became infused mm-hmm. in your biology regarding sex right. is one theory. And then you transport yourself into the future, you're an adult, and the same element can turn you on is – essentially, one way of looking at it is you're making your partner do something that she doesn't really want to do.
0: Mm, interesting, right.
1: And – and you're also sexualizing someone that doesn't, isn't, you're not seeing as sexual. Or
0: isn't that sexual. Or whatever, right. You're, yeah. you're
1: amping up someone's sexuality uh-huh. in the way that this 12-year-old person yep. amped up your sexuality. Interesting.
0: Right. So it's like a playback of that.
1: Right. And, and I'll, I'll say this. A lot of fetishes can be theorized to come from dysfunction. That does not mean the fetish is dysfunctional. The fetish is only dysfunctional if it creates problems in your life. And correct me if I'm wrong, but yours has not caused problems in your life.
0: No, I mean, I I do max out my credit card each month trying to hire people to, you know, in general. Mandigos don't don't come cheap. (laughs) No, it's it's luckily not. Yeah.
1: So so it's not that – just because like sometimes people will say, oh, you're into BDSM because you were sexually abused Mm -hmm. as a child. Therefore, you're just acting out your sexual abuse. That's got to stop. That's not – that's not that doesn't make any sense it's just because something comes from mm-hmm. difficulty doesn't mean that it's a problem right so I just want to say that from the from the start a lot of again another central so two two two, two things uh, I'll keep adding things but <laughs> that I'll say are the only things you know again sex <laughs> is weird and the second only thing I want to say is that it's okay there's nothing wrong with this fetish uh, there's a there's a certain way that this patron is is writing in and he sounds like he's saying that he's a little ashamed of it or he's like he's like why do i like this I was like, is like there's something wrong with me and no there there's there's nothing wrong with you now having said that there is a chance that these things can spin out of control But I don't want to put a lot of weight on that possibility because it doesn't sound like yours, this writer in, or you, Berto, is spinning out of control. But But
0: just like – I mean like people can get overly addicted to like even just porn or or to sex or to any number of – yeah. Right.
1: But there probably is a higher incident of just anecdotally speaking – so I don't have any data – of this fetish spinning out of control because it involves something – that can be attained through some difficulty that is not likely to go well for Ah,
0: uh, like if you act out on it, like if you actually... Yeah. Uh, I could totally see that being a problem if you're like, okay, now let's actually find someone right. to have sex with you. Right. And now that adds a third person or a fourth person or... Yeah. And I've seen this happen
1: where people will start to dabble, you know, yeah. a- and they'll... Because there are online communities and where you can actually meet up with people that are willing to do this sort of stuff, and then the person for for the for everyone concerned, it's it's not positive mm. for the couple, particularly because the the woman and it's often the woman. We we should say that there's a term for the man. It's a cut queen or something, right? Uh, yeah, I forget, but yeah, like cut queen. So a woman, there are women that actually like to fantasize mm-hmm. about their men or women, I suppose, having sex with other people. Uh, And so, you know, there's certainly that out there. Right. Um, So I don't want to talk about like that there isn't. But um, just going off the heterosexual male fetish person model, we have a – you you could see a uh, a man uh, going and finding another man, and the woman, the wife – is, you know, she's kind of into it, but part of the thing is that she might not be fully into it. That kind of turns on yeah. the husband, as you were saying.
0: And then... Well, and she might be going along with it, you know, kind of like to appease the husband's desire, but then also kind of resenting him for making her do something right. she's not comfortable with. So. Right. She's
1: not she's not asking to do this. She's, yeah. she's agreeing to it. And, you know, there's it's like, you can agree to watch a movie, and that's not going to ruin your life, but agreeing to have sex with another man that you don't <laughs> Know very well is a whole other thing, and so she, you know, can ca- cause some issues there with her. And then the man sometimes will get extremely jealous right. afterwards because because some some serious shit just went down. Right. I just watched my wife have sex with another man and enjoy yes. and and enjoy herself because that's what I was telling you. To yeah. Do. And,
0: and and if that, it's if it's in the uh, in the uh, humiliation extreme, right. she said some really mean things to me. Right. You know?
1: Because you know, just because you have this fetish doesn't mean you you don't have all the normal right. human emotions and frailties and, and desire for attachment and security and and this can threaten that security. And so that can cause problems. It can obviously ruin a relationship. But the other th- the other problem that it can it can run into is the the man or the the cuckold person can end up increasing their the frequency that and the intensity that they want to do it like an addiction. Ah. You know, at first it starts off with porn and then it goes to having their partner describe it and then they actually do it once and then they want it all the time. And then the wife is like, I'm not going to have sex with a different guy every night. It's just not yeah. going to happen. And he's like, you know, but it's the only way I can,
0: right? F- right. you know,
1: f- get my fix. It's the only way. And, and there are accounts of men that I've read saying that they can no longer get erections unless, unless they're in that situation. Yikes. Yeah. And so that's
0: a complex, that's a complex set of things that has to happen for you to get an erection. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. And, and so for some people that have addictive personalities, as they say, or a disposition or it seems as though they're heading in that direction, they actually might want to divert their energies towards something that's more functional because if they, di- if they divert their energies the way that it's going, it could ruin their sexual life.
0: So just have orgies. Yeah. With like hundreds. <laughs> uh, those
1: happen. It's, I think Burning Man people. I, I've been to Burning Man parties where there were serious orgies going on. Whoa. It kind of creeps me out.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Do you like walk by and it's like Silence of the Lambs all of a sudden some fluid hits your face? <laughs> <laughs> Flick. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell your bleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's just something kind of creepy about an orgy room and walking by. Yeah.
0: It, well, know? okay. Uh, you know, I, I can say that the closest was the, our experience in the uh, sex club, which was very positive. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there was something... I wouldn't call it creepy. It was just – it was uh, different, right? And yeah. so you're sitting that, there. That, and if you're not participating – Yeah.
1: That it, had no creepiness to me, by the way. Yeah. Like when, so unless you haven't heard the episode years ago, yeah. one of the first podcasts we ever did, we went to the Center for Sex po- Positive Culture here in Seattle, and we did an episode – We didn't film or record while we were in there, but we did before and after. And I don't know if we ever really talked explicitly about what we saw.
0: Uh, When we walked out, we didn't. Go into too much detail because we, you know, we wanted to respect the fact that it is a center for sex positive culture, and I think that's why, first of all, there were four of us and we were together, and so we had some, you know, we weren't like by ourselves there or something, and also it really actually was pretty respectful environment, totally. You know, it's, it's like I but, at no point felt imposed upon,
1: but just a, a little, you know, we won't go into it, but as a, as a summary, I'll say that we saw multiple people having sex, yes, out in the open. And it wasn't a show. It was it was basically like a dance club. Of, they were
0: getting their rocks off in the way that they were comfortable with other people.
1: Right. There was BDSM. Yeah. There were vibrators. There was tying up. There was there was submissives. I, I will
0: say, Lita put me in a cage. That did happen.
1: Yeah, Lita did put you in a cage. Yes. <laughs> And uh there was dancing to a lot of Rammstein and rum, and, uh, and, and there
0: was that dude, remember? yeah, he was dancing full full buff, yeah, and as the <laughs> night went on,
1: everyone started shedding their clothes. <laughs> there was also ice involved in some some fetish of some sort and a and a meat tenderizer <laughs> um, oh but uh but anyway it, it, that didn't that wasn't creepy to me at all, so going on, the last couple of things he thinks he says. Or a loss of power by a person accustomed to a position of power. Maybe that's what gets people off.
0: Loss of... Oh, yeah. like This is the whole uh, theory about a lot of Tokyo or a lot of Japanese businessmen that then need to be subdued or submissive because they... They have a lot of power. They have power and stuff. Yeah,
1: that doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. I think the the guys in power are the only ones who can afford their fetish. You know what I mean? And so it's never. I, I have absolutely no data on that, but it it seems like a like a too simple of an explanation that super powerful men when they become powerful they they then be they then adopt a fetish for being a submissive. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? And there
0: wouldn't be that many of them. Because in in the grand scheme of things, there's not that many super powerful men. <laughs> right.
1: And so, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It makes more sense to me that it's just a variant in human sexuality yeah. that is also shared by people in power. And he, the last thing he says, there seem... Those seem plausible but are also a bit too self-assuring to be convincing, and they don't seem to explain enough. It almost seems like the writer of this email is looking for some kind of pathological explanation. He seems to be, like, wondering if he's letting himself off the hook. Do you hear that? That,
0: That's what I'm hearing, yeah. Like, uh, like, like, uh, almost like I know that I'm lying to myself when I say all these things but I can't put my finger on why I really like it. But that's true of so many of our likes and dislikes in our life, you yeah. know? Like, you know, we've had many debates about movies that we may like or not like. And at the end, what does it boil down to? By the way, we, we boil- got our
1: Star Wars tickets.
0: We did get Star Wars tickets.
1: And a little update on the Seahawks. I didn't realize the Seahawks are going to be playing tonight. And so they're playing right now.
0: Who are the Seahawks? What are those?
1: Uh... It's it's called football. Are those those people that used to win games? <laughs> well, they're winning right now 17-3 to against the 49ers. Whoa. And, but they're in the fourth quarter, and they always lose in the fourth quarter. Well, but so. that's
0: a pretty big lead.
1: Yeah, but they've lost. I think they had a 17-point lead a couple weeks ago, and they lost uh, it in the fourth quarter. But the 49ers kind of sucked this year, so... Also, I just want to give a quick update on our patrons. We got some new patrons today patron Ethan and patron Dylan. Woo! are new today. Oh, and also patron Rachel is new today. Nice. Things have been kind of plateauing a little bit. I've realized things have slowed down in terms of how many people are becoming patrons. So I just want to tell you people, if you're still on the fence,
0: man, get off the fucking fence. You can't tell them because these are the people that are already. Oh. supporting Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, tell the other people, tell the other
0: people, <laughs> uh,
1: patron, Michelle, patron, Christine, patron, O'Donnell, patron, Jody, Reed, May, Catherine, I just jumped down here. Peter, Lily, Joseph, I like crap, Alessandro, Lois, Courtney, That's a lot of names. Pavel, Pamela, Diana, Zoe. I think we have a couple of Zoes. Yeah, two Zoes. Um, and again, we have one one patron, E who is a hundred dollars a month. So, uh, jeez, hats hats off to you. Um, we have seventy eight patrons. Which is great. Uh, we're shooting for somewhere like three, four, five hundred, honestly. Uh, I'd like to get it up to a thousand. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're, we're on the slow grind to that number, but, yeah. but I feel like we could do it.
0: That's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. So just going off of Wikipedia, the definition of a cuckold is a husband of an adulterous wife. So it doesn't mm-hmm. actually right. define it as a fetish.
0: Right. And the, the old, uh, the old term was really just about that, you know. They in Shakespeare and uh, what's his um, the the Miller's Tale, the from um, yeah. the Canterbury Tales, you know. Yeah, like uh, in there, it was really just wh- whenever someone was cheating on someone else, right. they were they were said to be uh, being cuckold. And I I found out also that so in Spanish the expression is ponerle los cuernos, ponerle los cuernos, which means put the horns. On the person, <laughs> huh. and I always knew that expression, but I never knew what it was. And for some reason, I always thought cuckold. Okay, that sounds kind of like queer nose. Maybe that's why it's called cuckold. But then I found out the whole thing with the bird. Maybe you can yeah. talk about the bird. Mm-hmm. But but the the horn thing is actually because uh, apparently the male deer uh, stags when they lose to another stag they they forgo their mate and so the the expression came like oh he's putting the antlers or he's putting the horns because uh, he's lost his mate to another another person, you know. It. So it's pretty fascinating.
1: Yeah, apparently, according to Wikipedia, in evolutionary biology, the term is also applied to males who are unwittingly investing parental effort in offspring that are not genetically their own. And again, it has nothing to do with fetish or participation
0: on behalf of the male. I wonder what the percentages on that. We should do a tougher bluff. We should.
1: History of the term again, according to Wikipedia, the word cuckold derives from the cuckoo bird, alluding to its habit of laying its eggs in other birds' nests. The association is common in medieval folklore, literature and iconography. So, in the medieval times in Europe, they would refer to the cuckoo bird or the, you know, the cuckold of the, you know, there's some kind of association there. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: I mean, it does when you know that story. Otherwise, I always I always wondered. Because like I said, in Spanish, there is no cuckold word. Yeah. There's just the los cuernos thing. Right.
1: So essentially, the, the other cuckoo bird is taking care of children That's that, right. that are not his.
0: And, and apparently, it's not just other cuckoo birds. It's other species of birds, too. Yeah. Like, they, they go cross-species. Right,
1: so common elements in the cuckold fetish, which is different from just the general cuckold term, is it has to do with masochism it has to do with being humiliated um, theories about it are things like the the cuckold is relieving themselves of the stress of the burden of having to to keep their wife. Uh, pure so to speak Mm -hmm. you know so there's a lot of pressure put on men to not be a cuckold to not be humiliated and by liberating yourself by actually judoing it and going with the energy and Ah. and saying fuck it i'm gonna make myself become humiliated (laughs) it 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 is pleasurable in that way does that make sense yeah
0: i guess i see that because it's like it's like uh you can After that, no one could say, ha-ha, they're cheating on you. It's like, no, I know. I'm, I'm part of it. Right.
1: You're in control. Right. And we, as humans, absolutely have a propensity to that. For instance, women who are sexually abused as children will sometimes grow up and re-victimize themselves in right. a tragic way to, to, with other people who essentially sexually abuse them because it's better the theory goes in the unconscious to be in control of the victim, of the victimization than to not be this doesn't really seem to make any sense to me unless we're talking about the pathological cuckold fetish in which it all goes horribly wrong. But for people like the emailer and yourself, Berto, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that you're – although, I don't know. It it, it does – I don't know. I guess it does kind of make some sense in that you're getting some pleasure. I guess it's a functional version of that if that's, if that's the factor.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean I guess the, the things that – right or wrong, the things in my head that feel more – correct based on how i feel were when we were talking about uh reliving parts of my young you know abuse or well maybe okay okay maybe it is an aspect of the whole trying to keep things pure but then kind of saying oh screw it let's not try to keep it pure let's just unpurify it i I guess i could see that it's just definitely not a conscious like you know I i can say i've never thought that explicit thing. Like, I think by having this fantasy, I will save myself the trouble of fearing this, you know? Right. But we have a lot of internal
1: issues and pressures and we get a certain amount of pleasure by throwing them away. Like, Streaking down the road naked, you know. I, I think most people would find it pleasurable if they knew there would be no social consequences. Really, to taking off their clothes and running around the streets, you know. Right. If if people could do that without, you know, any real consequences like the law or anyone finding out it was you. I think a lot of people would do it, you know, once every five years. And why? You know, there's no reason why you would want to do that other than it's it's, it's freedom. It's like I'm free. And so like yourself, when you were so bound by the jealousy and the pressure to control your mate and there's a freedom. Yeah. and just like completely swinging the other direction. Yeah, right? I could see that. Now, it should be noticed, noted that the fetish fantasy, for people that have the fantasy, it doesn't really work unless there's an element of being humiliated. Or no, sorry. It doesn't work if the cuckold is actually being humiliated against their will. So it's an important right. thing to know. Is like if, if the wife says to the cuckold fetish guy... I'm going to have sex with a guy tonight and the cuckold husband is like actually I'm not really into it tonight could could we not do that and she's like no you're gonna you're gonna watch me like it's a this is an actual humiliation that for those who have the fetish it doesn't work anymore oh, I see That's an important thing to know right that and I think that's I think that's a major actually factor that leads me to one one of my main reasons why I think this actually works on people is that we have, you know, if we're getting to evolutionary psychology, which, as you know, if you listen to this podcast... You're a
0: big fan of.
1: (laughs) I'm a big believer in the idea that we've evolved certain psychological mechanisms. I'm just extremely skeptical of a lot of the claims that are out there. Mm -hmm. Some of the claims make absolute sense to me. If I was to speculate in this arena, it makes sense that we evolved as people and maybe men in particular, to compete with other men to have sex with women, right? That we want to gain the approval of, right. of as many women as possible and maybe particular women in particular. And so when we are... Uh, looking at ourselves in, competi- like in my mind it's like, okay, you're on the Serengeti and you and, and another young male, you're, and you're probably like 14, 15, 16. you come across a fertile woman, and you both have an equal chance at it. And it seems like in all likelihood both of you would have a rush of testosterone, a rush of sexual energy, and, and uh, a lot of motivation, a lot of reward system for energy mm-hmm. regarding being propelled even more so towards that woman than if you just walked up alone. If you just walked up alone, no competition, no reason for the body to kick into high mm, gear. Interesting. Whereas if you're in competition... A lot of lot of energy there. You know, you got to really go for it, because because you can't just lazily walk up to this girl. <laughs> you've you've got to out compete this other guy. And when uh, you you prick that that so mech- speak that mechanism in your brain as a male, you're by in by having a competitor in a very real way, right? By have because the thing is, is in your brain, you know she's yours. That's that's a major factor involved. Uh, right. You can't you if you actually lose her, then the deal is off. That's that doesn't turn you on. What turns you on is she's ultimately yours. You know you ultimately have control. You know you ultimately can stop it. You know that you you're gonna take her home. And in fact, a lot of people will quote unquote complete the fetish by having sex with. The hot wife after she has sex with the mandingo or whatever, and so so it's it's like well ultimately you're mine and I know you're mine, right? And so by by again pricking that part of you that 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 competitive edge uh, energy uh, in a in a very visceral way by watching <laughs> your wife have sex with someone else might induce this incredible urge to to get her, and you know in your mind you're gonna get her. Right. and you're you're eventually, you're going to even though he is dominating that moment you know you are eventually going to get her and that is a, a huge rush to people. So
0: it's like hacking your, your limbic
1: system or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we do this all the time. I yeah. mean, Doritos hack our limbic right. system. I mean, we do this porn. There, You know, we do this all the time.
0: Well, I, I like to watch other people eat Doritos as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I wonder if that is, a, that's probably a thing. Watching other people eat? Yeah. Dude, there was those channels, remember? Or actually, there still are. There's YouTube channels where, oh, actually, there was a really sad one where this this gal ate and ate and ate and she was huge i don't know if she still does it but like people would log in to watch her eat herself to death basically like eat oh. and eat and eat jeez
1: Ugh. take it to depressing zone yeah sorry uh, an article I found that makes absolutely no sense. I always love it when people just write about things out of, you know, they're just making shit up. But this one writer said that cuckolding is catching on among people with high IQs who revel in the psychological agony. And of course, they provide no research.
0: That's correct. That's, that's just me. It's
1: it's just this one person's, ma- you know, just made up bullshit. But anyway, it says. I do declare. The internet is rife with husbands enthusiastically soliciting other men, often larger, hotter, sexier men than themselves, to have sex with their wives while they watch. Um, and see, going on. Some people get turned on by whips, chains, and physical pain. Whereas cucks or cuckolds get aroused by mental anguish. And I, I, when I read this, it, it, I thought it was stupid about the IQ thing. But, I, but it really, again, makes a lot of sense, and I think we already talked about it, in that when you see it in light of sadomasochism, you know, there's people that, that really get off on uh, a dominant woman right. beating them or making them bark like a dog or right. just that sort of humiliation. This seems just a shade off from that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Do you get into that kind of stuff? No, um, not really. I, I, I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. I like a uh, lollipop in my mouth and butter in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, uh, for me, I, I think it stops at hey, you know, I, I want to f- hear a fantasy of of the 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 girl being you know sex sec, more sexual than normal and kind of doing things like outside of the comfort zone in that sense you know uh and and where i think where they're outside of their character of the person as well
1: right now what does the research say do you know what the research says no Hardly anything at all because there's hardly any research on it. <laughs> there's not a lot of psychologists and researchers that are interested in this topic for some reason. It's, you know, <laughs> it was funny when I was designing my own research, I, I had a lot of different ideas and I was brainstorming with other researchers, other scientists about what I should I should start studying and this sort of thing. And as those of you that have listened to previous podcasts, I eventually did a, a qualitative study on seasoned psychotherapists experience of difficult clinical moments. But before I got to that topic, I had a lot of other topics and one of the topics that I wanted to do was about the emergence of of what do they call it? Of like video chat porn.
0: Oh like chat roulette type stuff?
1: Or No, no. Well maybe. But it's like paid you actually essentially you pay oh. per minute or something.
0: Oh, it's a live feed. It's like the old telephone uh, sex numbers, but right. now it's with video.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like, but yeah, but you can see the uh, you can see right. each other, um, and and you pay for that. And to me, I, I, what I was interested in is two topics. One was what the other partners thought of it, because in some ways it looks just like porn, because you're just on the internet, right, looking at naked women. Right And, and a, lot of, a lot of partners are not too upset about that, if at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, go ahead and look at porn, no big deal. But the idea that you're actually interacting with a, with a human being live, it's actually, in some ways, after talking with people just about this preliminarily, is basically prostitution. Like Like, take the average heterosexual couple. Right. Many wives are fine with their husbands looking at porn and masturbating. But they are not fine with their husbands going to a prostitute. So is this prosti- is this would women with men, for instance, see this as prostitution, or would they see this as just looking at porn? Right. It's but it's a
0: brand new delivery service. I cannot wait for more and more realistic uh, sex bots. You know. <laughs> right. I mean, just from the implications of well, wait a minute. You have your sex toys. I have my sex toy, dude. It like talks and walks and right. smells like. Uh, come on, yeah, that's
1: interesting. <laughs> it seems to me just on the onset that people, unless the sex bot became extremely human-like,
0: at which point there'd be all sorts of slavery yeah. problems, right?
1: <laughs> but until then, it, I'm sure most people would just see it as an inanimate object, right?
0: But um, maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like if. I, I think that the the real dolls are still very taboo, right? Like, who has a real doll? And if you right. do, is your partner okay with right. it? Right?
1: Seen more as just like a like a sicko thing to do. Yeah.
0: But anyway, so
1: I so I was talking about wanting to research this because it's a brand new technology, and there probably isn't any research on it right. at all. And one of the things you always want to do as a scientist is be the first to research something because then everyone refers to you because you're what because they'll say you know this. This topic was first researched in right. 2014 by Kirk Honda, da da, da 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 you know? And so, there's a, a lot of prestige, whereas if you're the literally 5,000th scientist who studied something, right. it's not a big deal, you know? It's just, you're just, it's warmed over, you know? So, anyway, uh, but I was shopping this around and talking with people, and, and they were like, yeah, sounds like a fascinating idea, but what... Are people gonna think of you if you're researching that? Oh, weird. Oh yeah, big time. People were like,
0: so there's it, taboos about sexual research,
1: right? So that's why
0: there's oh,
1: that's why there's no studies but that about makes sense about cuckolding because to it's sort of like 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 one of the like one of the things I, I think of when I think of this is what if you're watching a bunch of porn uh-huh. and you come across your your friend's daughter. Right. Well, what do you do? Um, Do you go to your friend and say, I saw your daughter? Oh God. You know, because, because what it says is it says something about your your friend's daughter and it says something about you, that you were looking at a bunch of porn. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: So, so by studying cuckoldry, (laughs) are you you're you're kind of intimating that you have a connection to it. You're somehow. interested in
0: the topic. That's so unfair, though. There's right. so many. Like, what if you're studying psychopaths? Right. I mean, whatever.
1: Totally. And and this happens. Like, I was actually just talking with some people about psychopathic research, and oh, someone was very into psychopathic research, and inevitably, someone asked him, "Are you a psychopath?" And he has to yes, he, he has to answer that question. Right. No, I'm not. <laughs> and so, but I play one
0: in my research. <laughs> and so it's
1: just it's just. There's certain topics that people will assume there's, you know, and, and so wow. I, so when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I want to be the, one of the first researchers to look at this. But at the same time, I don't want to every time I talk about this or every time <laughs> someone reads, I, I have to say, uh, by the way, I've never done this before. You know, like I'm not into this sort of thing. I'm I just came across it. Because, because someone told me about it, I didn't, it wasn't me that sought it out. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like a really a yeah. laborious thing to do, and so I went the safe route.
0: Well, you know what? The, um, it puts even in more impressive context when like Masters and Johnson did their research and stuff. Totally. You know? Totally. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're committing to something. You know? You're know, you saying, I'm, I'm going to commit myself to being that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'll be labeled as a certain thing. And yeah. I, I just, at that stage of my career, I just didn't feel like doing that. Um, but, uh, what I can go off is, is anecdotal research, which take it or leave it. But one, one woman was, uh, she's a dominatrix and she's writing and she says that my subs come from her sub, meaning Dom, Sub, so her oh, su- her okay. submissives, the men who like to be cuckolded, mm-hmm. come from all over the world, U.S., Asia, Middle East, Europe, Central and South America, Africa.
0: Ah, that's funny. I would have thought Sub referred to the guy's substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, men from
1: different cultural backgrounds express a common interest. This tells me something about the universality of this intriguing fetish. Hmm. So, whenever we're looking at evolutionary psychology, we're always looking for evidence of universality. And since cuckoldry is something in most cultures is probably not acceptable, if it emerges randomly in in cultures all over the world, basically in secrecy, Mm -hmm. then it it lends itself to an evolutionary basis. Mm, Now, but what people will often say is, well, why would we evolve to be this way? But the, that's, that's, that's one question you can ask yourself. But a, a more accurate question or a more useful question is, how, in the way that we evolved as sexual beings, how did this variant play out? Because most people aren't like this.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it, It's kind of similar. Like, why would we evolve an appendage that sometimes gets inflamed and could kill us from bursting? Inside of ourselves, yeah, well, so, well no, no, but there's things that evolved, one of them has some side effects, and one of them is that, and like it's a very complex set of right. variables sure <laughs> that,
1: that, that's one way of looking at it, and, and that's an often that's oftentimes like what's brought up as this as the asterisks. But I'm having an asterisk to the asterisk. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? So, the main thing is is every, every mutation has a benefit, right? And then the asterisk to that is some mutations don't or there's some...
0: Vestigial...
1: Vestigial. Yeah, uh, side effects. But yeah. there's even an asterisk to that asterisk in that some elements of our biology have nothing to do with the propagation, the increased... Propagation of our genes. Yeah. There are life is is too complex for that, and there's also what we call variation, and
0: there's a lot of things that we sh- that we do. Uh, for example, you could ask, why would we evolve the desire to look at brightly lit LCD screens? late into the night hours. Right. So well we never explicitly evolved that. Right. We evolved any number of things. Look for light, look for uh, like etcetera etcetera. And when you have this modern context with these devices, it happens that the sum of the parts equal oh we're attracted to these like bright objects late into the night, you
1: know. <laughs> right. Well what we evolved was to be connected to other
0: human beings. Yeah, that's one example. For <laughs>
1: but that and but that's the main reason to me to answer yeah. that question is why are people staring at Facebook?
0: Oh, I was like thinking even like playing video games Games or any number of stimulating things that are only evolved in or have only come to be in the last uh, 50 to 100 years at most. Right. 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 Yeah. So you have to
1: ask yourself a deeper, more complicated yeah. question sometimes to get at the reason why we do these things. Did you know that Tiger Woods apparently uh, has a cuckold fetish, maybe? Oh. So this is written online, and I'll just read it. Believe it or not, one of the unplumbed depths, sorry for, sorry, no pun intended, of the Tiger Woods controversy contained a piece of the story. In an alleged email to one of his mistresses, Tiger wrote to her that he dreamed of being married to her and coming home, finding her sandwiched between actor... David Borenaz. Do you know David Borenaz? No. And athlete Derek Jeter. (laughs) Very
0: explicit. Very specific.
1: Yeah. Tiger Uh, described to her that he thought she would love it if this actually happened. This piece of the story got little attention, but I think it is fascinating as who would have ever looked at successful rich Tiger Woods and think that he would have a cuckold fetish. Just a little uh, update on the Seahawks with just about under four minutes left. They are up 20 to three. Okay. So it's looking like like they're going to pull this one out. That one's, pull that one's one sealed. Out. Oh, David Bornaz is the guy from Angel. Do you remember the TV show Angel?
0: Oh, is that the Buffy spinoff?
1: Yeah. That guy with that really yeah. big forehead. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: a bizarre picture. <laughs> like, I'll never get that out of my mind. Derek
1: Jeter and Angel. <laughs> And then Tiger Woods beating off in the corner.
0: Oh, (laughs) that sounds familiar.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, no cuckold shaming, right? Uh, Okay, so here's another story. I actually looked on Reddit. There's a number of people talking on Reddit about this. Oh, I can imagine. And this guy says that, uh, just some excerpts here. My girlfriend cheated on me with her ex-boyfriend and that's when my cuckold fetish developed.
0: My girlfriend cheated on me with her ex. Okay, got it.
1: So there was a lot of I've read a lot of accounts of people having been cheated on and then their cuckold fetish emerged. And there's two different theories here that I have. The 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 easiest theory is that the trauma of being cheated on sort of gets routed into this Fetish, right? Mm. And certainly, I could see that being true. But another one is that you always had the propensity for the cuckold fetish, mm-hmm. and then you were actually cuckolded, wow. and you got turned on. Which, which also, and then it, and then the, the, you got turned on, and then you realize, oh, I, I guess I actually like this. But getting back to the first one, when we have bad things happen to us, our brain will find ways to make it okay. Like you know, you, you lose an arm. And you might over, you'll be depressed at first, but over time, you might actually say, you know what, this is better because now I appreciate life more. Or now I'm going to dedicate myself to running because I have two legs. Or I'm going to, yeah. or now I can connect to other people who have lost limbs. And, and it's give, you know, we, we, we have an amazing way of looking at the bright side of things. Right. And one of these things is when bad things happen to us, to cope with that, we will, we will, our brains will unconsciously incorporate it into our pleasure zones. And so to be cheated on is a traumatic horrible event and our brains will say sometimes, well, let's just flip it around. Hmm. Freud Freud saw this way back when oh, wow. that we would we would turn things around in our head so that it would make it less painful. You know, you could imagine if if you're sitting there painfully reliving having been cheated on. Right. But then your brain just turns it around and says, actually you like this. Oh. Then problem problem solved. <laughs>
0: Jedi mind powers. Problem These solved. are the droids you're looking for.
1: You do like being cheated on. <laughs> and but it's a but it's a variant, right? It's not like true cheating, right? It's it's a it's a shade of treating cheating on, right? Yeah. Like you, you want your partner to have sex with someone else on your terms.
0: that's speaking of, can you imagine how annoying it is to be married to a Jedi? Where you're like, you know, you're like, hey, you know, they ask you, honey, do you want to go see, you know, the Shawshank Redemption tonight? And you're like, no. And then later you're watching the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you do like Expendables 3.
1: <laughs> Actually, I just saw Taken 3. I, I have no idea why I watched it. I, I knew I would hate it. Taken 3? Yeah. With There's Liam,
0: a third taken
1: with Liam Neeson's. Oh yeah, it is. It was. It was terrible. It but was terrible. Okay, I watched the first. It was masochistic. Movie. I don't even know why I started it and why I finished it.
0: Do they keep taking the same? Is this like Jack Bauer's daughter? They keep taking the same pr- uh, daughter every time. No,
1: it, it was a different plot. Okay. I mean, although she did actually end up being taken. <laughs> oh god! But but that wasn't the uh. primary plot. So another person on Reddit goes on to say, if you have these fantasies, if you have this, feti- this fetish, seek professional help. They are extremely destructive to relationships, and don't be deluded thinking that you will find someone who will put up with your fetish forever. I have had countless bouts of depression and extreme suicidal thoughts because of this, Ooh. repeatedly losing amazing women who I loved entirely. So there's a lot of stories of people online talking about how they have this cuckold fetish and, they, and they, they they meet someone, they convince them to do it, and then things go horribly wrong and then they break up and then they become very depressed. But then you have all these other people on Reddit saying, you're not dating the right women, you need to find women that want this. Yeah. And then there are women <laughs> replying to people like this and saying, date me, I would love to have sex with other men in front of you because I actually don't like monogamy and so this would be perfect for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... So if you have a cuckold fetish that you actually want to act out in reality, you can't just go out into the world and start dating people. You, you got to find people that are into this sort of
0: thing. You know what I, I mean? I, I get the sense like the the kind of partner that would be into it would have to have some sort of dominant streak, like a little yeah. of that too. You know, well, at like, the
1: very least, they're okay with having sex with other people, maybe even like it so that they don't feel like they're being convinced to do something. And if they have the humiliation enjoyment as well, then that's that's the icing on the cake, right?
0: The part that it it is really hard for me to imagine or to relate to, like in my fantasies, if I felt that the fantasy would now mean that sex with me was not pleasurable, that's not fun. That would not turn me on, you know? But so it's like... I wonder where that comes in. The, the well, they're trying
1: to sh- they're trying to shove a square peg in a round hole, right? Yeah, and so she's not enjoying it, so they don't get to check that box. Yeah, but they get to check the other boxes. Yeah, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have any other option. They don't have another partner to yeah. have this fantasy with, so they'll they'll make it happen. Um, yeah, there were a lot of accounts of of people ruining their lives and their relationships and women actually talking about how they were talked into this fetish and then, you know, at first they're like, no, I'm not going to have sex with other men. That's crazy. And then years later, they're like, "Um, okay, I I guess I'll I'll think about it and then, okay, I guess we'll do it. And then, and then they you know, months down the line, she actually does it. And then she's like, oh, it didn't feel so great. But but maybe now he, he he's satisfied and I'll never have to do it again. And then and it gets worse. <laughs> and then it's right back out. He's like, oh, my God, we got to do it again. And then she does it again. And then before, before she knows it, she's having sex with all sorts of random guys. Whoa. And then things, you know, come to a head and she breaks up. And then yeah. she looks back and she's like, what was I doing? Right. It's crazy. Right. Yeah.
0: You know. I guess there might be a part of it too, where um, I wonder if the other person could start feeling like, wait a minute, this isn't about me. Like, meaning, like, feeling less important in the relationship because the other person's fantasies are all about like other men coming in or you right. know other women, or whatever it is.
1: So that's another point: is that there are some people that seem to be driven toward this fetish because they're actually bisexual or or homosexual attracted to to people of the same sex and right. this is a way for them to get vicariously yeah right. essentially they're they're vicariously having you know if you're a gay man closeted and you're forced into a heterosexual marriage right and you watch your wife have sex. It is, to some extent, a, a, a socially accept a less socially reprehensible sure. version. <laughs> it's
0: like using an avatar or something. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and so you would obviously be turned on by that. Now that would be very different from the cuckold fetish we've been talking about because right. it doesn't have anything to do with being humiliated or. Right or have it. it's it's you're literally just wanting to have sex with the man.
0: That one seems a lot more sad to me. Or yeah. maybe they're both. I don't know. Like that one seems sad because like the person doesn't get to like live their dream kind of thing. <laughs> right. Right. Cuz like at least the cuckold is theoretically living their dream right. for better or for worse, right? Well,
1: and the whole thing is is when people meet up with the right people, everyone can live their dream. Sure. There there are people that have cuckold fetishes and there are people who would love to be with someone who had a cuckold fetish and there are people who would love to have sex with someone who loves to have be in a relationship with someone that's you know right there are three people that are perfectly <laughs> suited for this
0: girls who love girls who dig boys like the boys
1: yeah what, what would be the song
0: always boys boys
1: who love girls who want to have sex with other boys, boys. while the, you watch in and the corner the, <laughs> Um, let's see trying to think of other factors that might be at play here so just getting into other pathological versions of this is it might actually be and there seem to be some accounts of this of men who do this to their wives because they actually want to abuse their wife they, they want their wife essentially to be sexually abused. Oh, okay, okay. They want their wife to not be comfortable. And then after the act, they will actually berate the, the wife for oh. doing it. They'll say, I can't believe you did that. You're, oh. you're a piece of crap. And so there's a very ugly version of this that's out right. there. Now, come full swing back to our email person and you, Berto, and say that the emailer and you have none of that. There's no pathological elements to it everyone's consenting, everyone's cool, no damage done. It's a wonderful, beautiful expression of intimate action, (laughs) and it doesn't actually even involve other people. The other thing I just want to, again, emphasize is that there are women out there that have this too.
0: Right.
1: Uh, I I know women like this, and I have read accounts of women like this that absolutely get a sexual turn-on and sexual charge By thinking about their part, their specific partner—not just a random guy, but their husband or you know whatever—having sex with another woman, and they will fantasize about that while they while they're watching. They're not just they're not just in their mind, and it's not it's a it's different from a threesome fantasy, which some people might think. Well, isn't this just a threesome fantasy? No, the 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 fetish is that the. The protagonist is not involved. Actually, that's that's a they're main, excluded. They're ex- they're perfect. They're purposely excluded, or at the very least, they're they're not involved and they're watching. Oh,
0: right. You know, it's interesting as I think of when when I've fantasized in this way, I am normally not there. Interesting. It's not like in the fantasy I'm there in the corner looking. <laughs> like it's it's usually like I was on a business trip. You know that kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So you're never there. Uh, unless, I, it's three, unless it's think, a threesome. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if it's like a, that kind of fantasy, well, yeah. But the this type of fantasy, I am, as far as I can remember, I am never there. It's always like, you know, like I. it was at a party that I wasn't at or it was during some trip or something.
1: Another person wrote on the internet, and I forget where, I just have it copied here. When a cuckold is deeply and spiritually connected with his wife and his partner, he merges his sense of self with her. His pleasure, her pleasure, becomes his. In fact, her pleasure becomes ever more important to him than his, the same way his comrade's survival becomes more important for a soldier than his own survival. The more she is able to immerse herself in deriving her own sexual pleasure, the more turned on the cuckold becomes. Does this make sense?
0: It does, although, although the, you could question the necessity of like, okay, now there's five guys on you, you know, like, yeah. like, well, I mean, do you right. need that? <laughs> right.
1: Cause, cause it, it, but it is a compelling, uh, way of looking at it. And, yeah. and people don't, and this, I, reason why I read it is because it's, it's a unique way of looking at it that seems to have some oh. resonance with me in that it's like, when you really love someone, you actually become undifferentiated to some extent from them, and when they their emotions become your emotions, and so when you are when you're with your partner, and you know it's like, oh my god, you have to try this this appetizer; it's so good. Sure, yeah. And you give it to her, and she gets pleasure from it, and, and then and you get you get pleasure. You get pleasure.
0: Yeah. No, I I do I do understand that actually. Now that I think about it, I was thinking more along these lines. Uh, I've been in the situation where I'm like, okay, tell me your fantasies, right? Like I'm with someone else and I ask them, tell me your fantasies, hoping that by hearing their fantasies, that will turn me on, right? Unfortunately, their fantasies were like, well, I guess I go on a date and we like hug and we like kind of gently kiss and hold hands and I'm like ah, I'm falling asleep here <laughs> <laughs> so it's more selfish yeah in my case yeah uh.
1: so my final advice or statement on this again sex is weird and think about the functionality of it is it a functional thing or is everyone on the up and up and sex is beautiful when everyone is on the up and up <laughs> <laughs> and don't shame yourself and come out of the closet and start start telling people actually i have a question for you berto have you ever told your you know so you you with your partners you like for your partners to you like to think about your partners having sex with people you know right
0: well as one of the fantasies. one of the fans yeah. but and that's
1: that's a sli- like a 10% yeah. slice of i don't of know this. The percent yeah some slice some small slice so you you might say uh hey talk about having sex with joe at work yeah. <laughs> or something right do you ever tell joe by the way i i had my partner
0: <laughs> yes i have done that before by the way the, the the what did joe say uh well there were two different joes one of them <laughs> thought it was Fantastic. The other one thought it was bizarre. <laughs> but I will say this. The whole. Like bizarre in a bad way, like judging way? No, just, uh just like, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> but listen, the whole, hey, pretend you're having sex with Joe thing, uh, or Melinda, cause it's like, it can yeah. be, you know, other people. That one usually does not go over well because what, what, what I've seen is that it's like, if it's too close to reality or to, for comfort, it's like, the other person's less likely to indulge in the fantasy. In other words, when when it's like, hey, pretend some random dude at some random party did some random things with you. That one seems to be easier. That goes over well with your yes, with you. yes. Whereas, like, hey, pretend Melinda from accounting. It's like, <laughs> whoa, I work with Melinda. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't stop you from trying. It doesn't stop from trying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for becoming a patron, people. We love you so much. And just an update on the Seahawks, as if anyone cares, they won. It's final 20 to to 3. Their record is now 3 and 4. We're
0: number 1.
1: They're number (laughs) far from 1. Well, that does it for another episode. Thanks for joining us. And please take care of yourself and fantasize and fetishize away as much as you want because you deserve it
0: yeah and if you don't take care of yourself hire someone to take care of someone else for you and watch them